0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Hey,
1: this is Ariancy, and I'm chatting with Jay Scott on The Foot Rock.
2: Hey everyone, how you doing? It's Jay Scott. It's the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. I am back. Um, you may have not known, but uh, I've had some, I had some episodes stacked over the last few weeks that I've been releasing, but um, I just had a great week in uh, Nashville in Florida. Uh, went down to Nashville last week and saw True Villains on Halloween night. And then I saw Butch Walker and at the Brooklyn Bowl, which was a fantastic show. Huge fan of Butch Walker, as you guys know. I always talk about him. And then did a lot of other things in uh, in Nashville. Got to see Paul Moak's studio, The Smokestack. Hung out with Tyler Baker from Goodbye June. Did a few other things, too, as well. And uh, then went to Florida and saw the Metallica show at the Hard Rock Casino. Like their tribute to the Zazulas of Megaforce Records. And they did everything off Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning. It was an old school show and there was about 7,000 people there and it was absolutely fantastic. So my ears are recovering. Prior to going to see Butch in Nashville, I saw Judas Priest and that was like insanely loud. And for someone who's 47, who's been to rock shows over the last two decades, took a while for my ears uh, to recuperate over the last couple of I am back. And uh, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, as I always mentioned, great network of music-related podcasts. We've uh, got some friends over there, too, as well. Tom and Zeus on the number one rated Kiss podcast. Shout out Loudcast. Mac from the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast. Martin Popoff, the rock historian, the legendary DJ Mistress Carrie, and Carmen Peace and Vinnie Apice on the Hanging and Bangin' podcast, as well as some friends outside of Pantheon, the Itch and radio show. They do a great show. And Jason and Brian and all things blues and Southern rock. So check those out as well as the, the gentlemen. And I use that term loosely on the pot of thunder podcast. So uh, check out all my friends. They're doing a great job. We all love uh, talking music and uh, don't forget to check out the hook rocks, wherever you do podcasts, whether it's Amazon, Apple, or Spotify, you can find us on all platforms and you can search us up the hook rocks on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Set your app to automatic download so you get the latest episodes right to your phone. And we have a great episode, but just want to mention some previous ones that we've done. We just had the band GA20, the great blues band, on the New Music Spotlight. They had the number one blues album on Billboard chart that uh, interviews with guitarist Matt Stubbs. We had Devin Allman on recently talking about the Allman Family Revival Tour that's going to be hitting the states here in the next couple of weeks. And of course, we did our episode of why algorithms and TikTok are ruining rock music and how algorithms throttle discovery of new artists and new bands. So check that out. Great new music spotlight with Timmy Ruff from The New Roses. Another great um, interview with Jax Hollow, great singer-songwriter. And Anthony Gomes talks his new album as well. And uh, we recently also had Ches Kane, who released her new album on Frontier Records. Got a great episode. I always say we got a great episode because I love the episodes and the conversations we have. So this band that we have on um, and the two guests that I'm going to introduce here shortly, I was chatting with Nick Reese from Joyous Wolf on Instagram one night and I asked him, I said, hey, give me a band that I need to check out. He's like, Moon City Masters. I'm like, all right, I'll check them out. So I'm listening. I'm like, dude, these guys are great. So as you guys know, I talk about it a lot. My son, 17, is a senior in high school, loves music, loves a lot of the new bands. So I pick him up from school the next day, and I got Moon City Masters playing. I go, dude, yeah, check out this man. Nick told me about this band. They're awesome. He's like, Dad, I told you about this band like a year and a half ago. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. He's like, yeah, it shows how much you pay attention. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's I Sunday, yeah? He totally told me about this. So Nick did, you know, kind of introduce me, but I got to give credit to my son. You can follow him uh, at the Youth Rocks on Twitter. But he was the one that initially introduced me to this great band. And I like to welcome in Taylor and Jordan from Moon City Masters. What's going on, guys? How are you?
0: What? Hey, thank
2: you. Oh, dude.
0: I love that. You got got a good kid. And obviously, I got to thank Nick. Uh, I, you know, a lot of people... You, if they ask me or not, I tell them that Nick is definitely in the top five of best frontmen out there in rock today. Because let's start with the basics: that voice, hell yeah! And then, dudes, dancing with J- like James Brown on stage, but but with back plus backflips, oh, like you know, dudes, yeah. it, amazing. He, he he just brings it, in. A, but that's awesome. Yeah, we we did some shows with them last year, and we just did a show with them at the Viper Room. Joyce Wolf, great dudes, great band got only good things to say about those guys and they've right. they just been super supportive and uh that's that's awesome. I'll very very cool. That's so that's so awesome that your son. I'm glad that the I'm glad that the young people are into the Moon City Masters.
2: <laughs> no, it was well first of all I agree with you. Joyce Wolf is great. The whole band, all the guys are great. Nick is awesome. Um great supporter of the show. Great frontman. You know, like you said, man, he's got the James Brown. He's got the voice. He's got the look. Oh, yeah. He's got Good. the chip on, on his shoulder that all front men need, you know? And, oh, yeah. Uh, like that 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 swagger, you know, that chip oh, on, yeah. on his he's shoulder.
0: Got ju- he's got just the perfect amount of it yes. that you can actually spend time with him that exceeds five minutes. Just yes. kidding. No, he's great. He's a great, great dude. He's yeah. just a great dude fun to hang out with he's been also been super supportive you know because they're a little they're you know they've been at it longer than we have and you know he's always he's always if I ever need advice on something he's always good he always gives me really good advice and just just generous people just yeah, really very. really very. awesome and, and thats drummer sent us like a we put out our album our full length recently and their drummer Rob he, every time, like I share like a video on Instagram, he's always got like the sweetest, like nicest things to say.
2: So it's it's a big, loving rock and roll community. <laughs> it it is, it is for the for the for the most part, I will say because I interview a lot of bands for the new music spotlight, and there is a sense of community. I think a lot more than there ever was back in the seventies, in the eighties, and maybe you can kind of kind of compare it to that. That 90s grunge scene when all those bands came out of Seattle, there was a sense of community with, with a lot of those bands. But I really do enjoy and appreciate the support bands give each other. Obviously, there's always going to be circumstances or individuals that won't. But for the most part, I, I think it's great and I think it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I I think the competition, like, I think competition is a healthy thing, but not like personal competition. I think it's more like when you see a band kick ass before you're about to go on, Mm -hmm. it inspires you to kick some ass. And especially if if you hear someone, if you hear someone do amazing music, it pushes you to be creative. But, you know, what's that saying? A rising tide lifts all boats. It's just the truth. You know, it's like when people like like look at Greta Van Fleet, like I don't, you know, you know, I like them and I think there's a lot of people like them or not. You should be ha- if you play that type of music, you should be happy that a band like or that. Any kind of music or if you or if you don't think of yourself as that kind of music, any kind of music that their fan base would be into. You should be rooting for them because it's good for you, too. Yeah, That's, that's been our 100%. attitude. 100%. That's been our attitude, you know, from with them from the beginning. So we've seen I've seen a lot of people get kind of bitter about them and they, they should probably check that.
2: Don't hate on the trailblazers. Don't yeah. hate. Well, you know, why are people hating on him? I mean, you know, yeah, I, mean, that was I am Zeppelin. the biggest Led Zeppelin fan of all time. I have a Zeppelin bootleg collection that could probably buy me a house at this point. All right. Ooh, I've got rarities that and everything. Sick. And I love, they're my favorite band. But I also know Zeppelin's history. Zeppelin ripped off a lot of people. Okay. And Don't they made the their own, they made the music their own. Like, Babe, I'm going to leave you, whole lot of love. They've been to court. It's well-documented, right? So when a Zeppelin fan says they're stealing from Zeppelin, they're stealing all this, listen, there's obviously influences there, but they're a great band. I've seen Greta three times in concert. Blew me away every yeah. single time. And the fact that they're bringing young people back to rock and roll yeah, is yeah. a great thing and should not be discounted, should not be overlooked. Yep. Um, they are the band that's doing it. So... Yep. That, that's that's how i looked at it right away
0: and people like in first of all i'm not gonna say i know all their music the songs i've heard i like that song my way soon quite a lot i think they're really i think they're a great band and uh i really you know i'm not a hardcore fan i'm a casual like i like some songs when i hear it but my whole thing is like good they're bringing young people it's all young people at their shows. They're not just touring with the, the legacy acts. They're bringing o- other up and coming acts on tour to open up with them. It's just a great thing for the for that music, you know. Look, these guys in their fifties, sixties, seventies—they're not going to be here forever. So, you know, we need some new headliners. Dude, you can say eighties now, man. You could even yeah, say not uh, in eighties. So you're getting the, you close, know? you know. These bands that we all love that are still going and kicking ass, but they're not going to be here in 20 years. So we got to Like we need some new headliners. And absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And you know, community in general, like we look, the only amount of comp, he said it, the only competition I like in music is they kicked ass. We better be that good. We better be that good. Like we're like, or if I hear like a vocalist, like Nick or something, It it pushes me to want to up my game, you know, I, you know, but, you know, you gotta, I think you're better off thinking communally. I think that we should, I think that you're better off being friends with everybody. Well, you'll have a lot lot more fun. If you are (laughs) thinking. if you think competitive, if you think competitively, like it's all competition, you're not going to let yourself get inspired by what's around you, you know? Yeah. So, you know, like I, I was really digging Greg's bass sound at our gig the other day from Joyous. I was like, oh shit. Like, you know, that's, that's like, you know, think communally, you know, be friends with people, you know, you can get, you know, that, that, that it's more fun for me, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think to the younger generation wants that. They don't want feuds. They don't want whatever you call it. I think different from my generation and the, you know, the one that came right after. I think the, the people my son's age want more of a community. I think because they're they are about a community. If you look at how just the way younger people interact with each other, um, I think that's uh, I think that's important. But rock and roll has struggled, and bands like Greta and bands like Dirty Honey, um, I think you can also other great improve- bands. Yeah, good. I think you can also include the band The Warning in that conversation now. Oh, yeah, they're really
0: party. good. The, the, the sisters, right? Yeah,
2: they're phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, whoever helps bring young people into rock music, you should support. And you should, because rock and roll is the greatest genre of music that there is. Um, and yeah,
0: totally. i biased. I agree. I agree. Totally not biased.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. Totally. <laughs> so... Before we begin, before we really get into it, we always ask the same first question every time we have a first-time guest, and we've got two today, obviously, and that is really what the, uh, what our show is all about, what the podcast is all about. Just like every great rock song has a hook that pulls you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, a band, an album, or performance, that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you guys?
0: Can I go first or you want to go first, Jordan? You go first. Voodoo Child, Jimi Hendrix. Wow. Okay. This, what was it about? Yeah, I was, uh, We were hardcore wrestling fans when we were kids. Hardcore And Hulk Hogan, when we were kids, was a bad guy. He was a bad okay. guy. So he was NWO at that time. He was NWO, and he'd come out to Voodoo Child. I'm like, I'm rocking out to that. And our older brother Adam goes, that's Jimi Hendrix. We're like, what? You know, I knew a little bit. Our dad was a ki- was a, was a kid in the sixties. He went to Woodstock, and our our brother Adam he makes us a mix CD with Jimi Hendrix and Guns N Roses and Roses. I hear Voodoo Child. It's in my little, what the Discman. I have the CD, and I just my ears exploded. It was just like, and like you know, he did like the echo, and it was just like, holy crap! Oh, yeah, I, I, and we're I, having that, we had the same moment, same mix CD. and i remember like walking around our house with it feeling like obviously i wouldn't sing this at the time but i felt i was like tripping balls man i was like whoa like i thought it sounded like it came out of the sky and you know and from that moment on you know every band that i got into was just like blasting it falling asleep to it every night man you know it elevate we already loved rock music like i grew up on the beatles and the stones we grew up on that you know and i know for for the first cd i ever had you know that my parents ever gave me money to buy for myself was abbey road you know so love that but but jimmy got jimmy got us like got me hooked on like hard rock heavier stuff you know yeah that that wow and then it explodes into that was like the first time i was like you know i always liked yeah that's when i first just got Like that's when I really got. That's when the gears started turning, and it was just like maybe, like I, I started like fantasizing about being in a band and all that stuff, you know.
2: Yeah, that was it it for me. Was there a performance that kind of propelled that and kind of said, "Hey, I want to get up on stage and be in a band"? I mean, because we
0: saw the Red Chili Peppers
2: when we were eleven. What's that? Saw the Red Chili Peppers when we were eleven.
0: By the way, to our first concert ever. And just seeing John Frusciante, he did a little segment where he played, like, alone for a minute. He did a song called Maybe by the Chantels. He sang and played. I'm like, that's it. I need a guitar. Ask my parents for a guitar the next day. I, you know, for me, it was, at that show, it was just Flea. There's the, I, I don't know if you could sit, because, like, Flea is so captivating. And he was in, like, the John Entwistle, like, skeleton suit, too. Uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was dope, man. You know, that, that whole show.
2: I've taken my son to a lot of concerts and he's 17, he's gonna be 18 in a couple months. And I remember the first show I, I took him to, which was Butch Walker. Uh, we drove down to Kentucky because it was an all ages show and he was five at the time. And he loved it so much. He was so captivated by it. When we drove back home, we got home. I had bought him earlier that year one of these toy guitars that had like buttons where it made with s- sound and tones. And they had the strings and he went into his room and he grabbed it out of the, out of the closet. Cause up until then it was just collecting dust. Cause he didn't really, you know, didn't really connect with them. And he's on his bed and he's trying to play the guitar. Cause what he saw, uh, you know, in the concert and I go, Hey, what are you doing? He's like, I need to know how to play this. I want to learn how to play this. So fast forward to now. I mean, he, it's so cool that I'm able to share moments with him of bands that I've seen that I've been seeing from, you know, a large part of my life. Like I took him to see Judas Priest. I took him to see Iron Maiden. I just, you know, I took him to see Butch Walker at the house of blues earlier. And that was the first time he was able to see Butch again, because every time he's come in since then, it's been over 18 or over 21. But he's also been able to kind of bring me into new bands too, as well. You know, like he'll turn me on to the, to a band and say, Hey, check this out. Hey, listen, like the moon city masters. And, um, So I love that kind of connection we have with music because I'm feeding him stuff from when I was growing up and he's feeding me stuff. And that kind of really keeps me in front of what's happening in rock because I've got kind of like a live in resource of, Hey, this band's really good. This band's check this band out. So that's a lot of fun to have. And just seeing his reaction as a kid, when he, when he sees a show and, you know, gets all excited and stuff like that. It's it's um it's great, and I, and I and I wish more parents would would do that. Get the kids off of social media, get their heads you know unburied out of their phones, and have them go see a rock and roll show. It'll change their life.
0: Oh man, I, I'm a victim of it too. I'm a phoneaholic, but I'll tell you this: I do think, and I love social media. Social media is why we're doing this in doing this interview right now, right. and I'm grateful for it. But I also do see that the fact that like you know we were that last generation that had a couple years of the physical like CD thing we were like we you know we 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 were the transition and um you know like and um I do see that like kids just, when I want them to listen to something with like my, uh, we're, b- we're both music instructors for a living and professional musicians. So when I'm teaching and I want them to listen, they just think it's time for a break. It's kind of a background noise thing now because the streaming, a lot of kids, then there's, you got to get the bug, but I do think it, it does cheapen. It, it does, for a lot of people, it, it's music is just a, a background noise now while they're multitasking. Well, you know, I think. They're not actively listening. A lot of the older generation, it's like sitting and just listening and taking it. And that's an activity, you know, and I think that's becoming a lost thing. Yeah, I I
2: agree. Yeah. I mean, a physical relationship with anything, when you can hold it, when you can see it, is much more valuable than something where you can just hit, click, download and play. Right. Yeah. You know, like an album, when I bought an album on a Friday, I think it was Tuesdays when I was younger. You would, but you probably, but you know, when I was working at the grocery store, you wouldn't get paid till Friday. So we would all pile in someone's car. we go to the record store, but that record would babysit us. We would go in our room. We would unwrap the plastic off of the CD cassette, or vinyl. And we would sit with that album, one album, not like all the, we, cause we only had enough money at the time to buy one. Cause CDs were like so expensive back then. And, and uh you know, cassettes. So, we would just sit and listen over and over and over again. We read, read the liner notes. We look at the photos. We look at all that stuff. And yeah, you're right. When you when you have that physical peace and you sit and listen, it is an activity. Like, what are you going to do? I'm going to go listen to my new record that I got. You know, I'm not yeah. going to go like, all right, I'm going to just drive around and just listen to it. I'm going to sit with it and listen. Yeah. Right? That's what is missing today. Because I also think, and I've, we've covered this in other episodes, Music has kind of lost its value. We mentioned how it's background music now. And and if you walk into a Target, you walk into a big box store, they've got music. They got music at Starbucks. And it just it's always there. It's always like in the background. Uh But I also think too that because you have record companies signing influencers, not musicians, to record deals, you know, influencers on TikTok or Instagram that really don't have any musical talent. Or they know how to play a song on the guitar. They've never written anything themselves. They just play, which is great. Don't get me wrong. But we all know what's going to happen to those people with those record deals. They're going to get 30 songwriters in a room. They're going to auto tune the crap out of it. And then these people are never going to play live. But the fact that they got 50,000 followers or a half a million followers or whatever it is, they're going to, they're going to maintain their interest. So yeah. it keepens the value and the worth of, of the hard work a musician goes through. Than, yeah. You know, look,
0: I won't I won't name names, but I'll tell you this and luckily we have a decent amount of TikTok followers. But you know, when an industry person does talk to us, they go, "What's your TikTok following?" And they they definitely ask that. And I, I look, I'm sympathetic. Look, I do know people that like that are very talented that they did get discovered on TikTok and they don't have a lot, a lot of experience. It's it's tough, you know. I think record companies, you know, back in the day, you know, when it was all selling CDs and all that, bands would a lot of bands that we all love didn't really figure it out till the third album. Third yeah. album, yeah. album, they didn't yeah. become. Now these they just people don't want to you have, take to have your own following. Yeah, online. they don't to want to take chances. They own want to know that you're going to make money that you've got to do a lot of work and build it up yourself. And that's why, you know, look, you know, I know some that's why if you dig beneath the surface a lot, you you will find that someone in someone's family had money when you dig deep. Or it's just like, but I was getting to a point like record companies, they don't want to take chances anymore because they want to know that you're going to be successful and have a following. They want to make sure that you did. And it's, uh, it's, it's, I think it's making the, the, I think it's making the, the chop 40s Everyone always shits on top 40s music every decade, but you do see that it has gotten a lot more bland and simplified to top. Oh, yeah. top people people, people use to about. shit on disco, and it's like, oh, it's because you guys were spoiled back then. You guys think that disco was disco was pretty damn good. When you, I, I actually personally like disco, but like disco, I am I a closet
2: crazy. Bee Gees fan. Just like so yeah, you know.
0: I'm a giant. <laughs> we're, in, we're out of a closet. We love all out that, out that stuff people talk about disco as if it's like this mindless music we i've we played in wedding bands man i literally have gone through a pop music time machine you know motown was was not some basic shit you know that was some real complicated music you know it was about like simple stuff like love songs and all that stuff, but it was some real creme de la creme musicians really like something that you wouldn't expect I do feel like there is some amazing pop music even being made today, but I do feel like it's largely become so much simpler and people act like, oh, well, you know, people's attention spans aren't, that's not like a natural thing. Roundabout was a hit, man. You know, a frog rock anthem. <laughs> like had that had shred That was a freaking hit,
2: you know. At, at one time, Stairway to Heaven was the most requested song on rock.
0: Radio. Yeah, exactly. I, I you know, think the, just- the reason why I paired it, it's like, you know, they put a lot. The reason why I mentioned the money thing, I have no problem with the fact that some people that I know some that, that come from money become huge and that there's no problem with that doesn't mean you don't have a shit ton of talent. But they put a lot of expectation on the artist now. More, you know, obviously, there's more to being a musician. There's always been more than, like, just making sure you can really play, really making sure you can write songs. But there's a lot of expectation to, like, you have to be good at social media. You have to be really good with having a style. You need to, like... You got to have it all figured. It's like... they want to see – yeah, and I, I, I'm i sympathetic because I understand the music industry isn't as profitable as it was then, as it was 20, 30 years ago. But it's also like, man, it's creating a lot of – it's making our music less interesting than it was even 20 years ago, our popular music. I think there's and more good think- music than ever before. I just don't think a lot of it is getting the chance to get – and not, not just rock music. I think there's plenty of great music out. I just think it's so hard because everyone can make an album now that it's really hard to find it.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. Couple points. First of all, on disco, <laughs> listen to the bass lines in yeah. the section. Oh, I listen, listen to know. those. Baselines. I mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, like, there's not a, there's not a bad bass player in a disco band. There's At not a bad band. anything in a disco yeah, band. I'm just, I'm, just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, bass wise. Like they, holding down the rhythm, the rhythm section in the disco band. Oh my God. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, so. Dude, dude a big
0: part of our sound is that I just listen. You know, I'm a bass player. And if yeah. you're a bass player and you don't love funk in disco, okay, that's fine, but like kind of weird. <laughs> you know, and you, you I, and I, I'd be, you know, so when I was getting, I would be getting into all that stuff as Taylor was getting into all the guitar heroes. And so we'd be showing each other that stuff. And and brought it into the band, you know, and brought it into our style. You know? Yeah, that's actually, I think, the secret sauce to the Moon City Masters is that we're not a progressive rock band and we're not a funk band, but we're super inspired by both of that stuff. And I think we bring it into like the our pop,
2: like our poppier sensibilities in rock music. Well, I agree. You know, listening to your music, to me, it's it's very reminiscent to well. How would I how would I describe? Because I was just I just had uh, I just posted about the new Tuck Smith album, right? And everybody always wants a comparable whenever you're telling them about new music. So yeah. I, it's basically like Fin Lizzy meets Cheap Trick, right? That's,
0: Ooh, that's a great I listen to incredible. Tuck Smith. I love Thin Lizzy, and I love. I've seen Smith. I've seen his name thrown around, and I think our listeners like him too, according to Spotify. But I've never really sure. given him a listen. That's cool though. Yeah. So,
2: if I wanted to like, do a comparable, I, I find in one aspect that late 70s, early 80s singer songwriter like Jackson Brown, um, you know, you have Don Henley, got a lot of influence there. You got great harmonies. You remind me a lot of like, I was just listening to New Kid in Town by the Eagles. Oh, I love that song. You know? Which, that last break of harmony in that song, which is at like the 330 mark, is one of yeah. the best harmon- harmonies of all time in rock history. So, I hear a lot of that in terms of the harmonies with you guys too, as well. A lot of Eagles, Harmony, a lot of Jackson Brown, a lot of Don Henley. And then you've got like a little bit of an edgier influence too. Like you hear that Stones, you hear that stuff, you know, that old school rock and roll, and it kind of melds and merges perfectly together. It's awesome.
1: Uh, thank thank you. you so much, man.
2: Yeah. I, I just, you know, when I, I, I was telling you guys, and I, I think I butchered the name of the song in the Twitter post, <laughs> but where you want to run to,
0: yeah, you got it,
2: dude. That that song is fire, man.
0: Oh, that, that's those are my favorite because Jordan writes the lyrics in the Moon City Masters, and he's he's our, he's our Bob Daisley writes the lyrics and plays the bass, damn good. And it's like uh, uh, he uh, those are, those are my favorite, those are my favorite set of lyrics Jordan wrote, and he was humble enough to let
2: me sing them. <laughs> well. What's really cool is we, we were just talking about disco, right? And you hear the you know the rhythm section in the beginning of the song, and it's got that boom, 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 boom. It's got that. It's almost like I don't know if you guys how you guys will take this, but you hear a little bit of "Turn It On Again" by Genesis. In
0: I love that song, Oh, uh, dude. I love Genesis. I I love every era of Genesis. Yeah, uh, like from the Gabriel stuff to the poppiest of the pop Phil Collins stuff. I love it all, man. I love. And I, I actually, I was running to that song actually the other day, so I'll take that well. Yeah, <laughs> no, but like if you- We you love know, pop music. We love pop
2: music. Just well-crafted pop music. Well, yeah. well, well, pop music back in the 80s, though, like when I grew up, they actually did play their instruments. You had Duran Duran, you had, you know, whoever it was, Men at Work. Um, Dodo. They're like some Dodo. badass- like Madonna records. Listen to Madonna, the bass. Yeah, I, like mean, it, I mean- It was not, it was not like program music. It was people playing the instruments, you know? So you had an organic feel to it. And one of the biggest things about pop music today, why it's so bland is because of that algorithm that I talked about before. Now all these record companies want that algorithm. So that's why everything sounds the same because everyone's trying to fit into that. And so you can't tell, I can't tell the difference between one pop artist and another because it's just, it's all, it's all the same. It's all the same. Well,
0: everything's got to be two minutes now. A lot of that top four, two minutes, and it stays like one progression the whole time. A lot of it. Not there's some pop music I freaking love, like modern pop, and but the, a lot of it. And it's like i I said this to our producer Justin the other day. It's like. To the to a young listener that's really just getting started listening to music and that all they hear is like a lot of the top forty stuff today, Simon and Garfunkel would be progressive rock to them now because it just it's too much. It's way over the. It's they they're just I I you know there's a saying that keep it simple keep and it is a good thing to stay simple but I almost feel like it's gotten too simple. No, I, yeah. <laughs> You know, like, I also I, think- I love a lot of songs that are like three chords and a vocal and an, an out of tune vocal. Frankly, I love a lot of music like that. But I don't know, man. Like, okay, like this is kind of a weird comment. Considering even we are, I, I completely own that there is a retro, a retroish uh, aesthetic to our music. Not intentionally, we just love that stuff. But like, oh my God, has there ever been a time in in history where they're selling nostalgia more than now? Like, I feel like I hear, like on um, if I if the times I've listened to pop radio, I can't even name them off the top. of it, They're like, they they're just take, taking hooks from from already famous songs more than I've ever heard. I I don't know. Like, it's it's just very weird. Oh, yeah, that's how I. I that's yeah it's so we sell be happy about them a new band that's they're awesome be happy at the new stuff we need it's true a lot of modern pop music they'll just sample old like old songs already and nothing wrong with sampling i see it as an art but it's like we need some we need some new we need some new things you, you know, know? An unpopular take here it kind of makes me feel like uh I'm sick of all these freaking superhero movies. We've had enough Batmans. Something something else
2: now. Give me I want key. the old school, like Chuck Norris, Sylvester Stallone action movies. You know? Yeah. I, I want I want another death wish. First know? of all,
0: the best Chuck Nor the best Chuck Norris moment is watching him in a oh. w- in a wrestling mat. It, he's the he's, he's, the, he's there the, the enforcer. He's behaving. Chuck Norris is here just to make sure everything checks out. Funny business going if you, on in the ring, Chuck Norris. If you, want
2: to, if you want to watch a great Chuck Norris movie, I recommend Code of Silence.
0: I'll check it out. What's that? Where's what that? I saw some scene on YouTube years ago. of Him like in a fight scene with Bruce Lee. I'm like, this is cool as hell. cool.
2: Yeah, those those old school Bruce Lee movies. We used to have Kung Fu Saturdays on a channel here outside of Chicago, and they would play Kung Fu or Karate movies, Bruce Lee movies, like for like eight hours on Saturdays and it was all like most of it was all like subtitled and everything and it was great so but you saw no go ahead i'm sorry you saw the chuck norris and bruce lee battles in in some of those movies that was those was like epic stuff but this is me calling on these movie makers don't do remakes anymore just make new shit. yeah (laughs) well as far as music you mentioned you know nostalgia and When you think of why nostalgia, why nostalgia is so important and why they go back to that era or those eras is because the music was great. But why it was great was because the band had a vision and the record label shared that vision with them. Right. Mm -hmm. You mentioned like the third album, you know, bands didn't really break like Bon Jovi. Didn't break till "Slippery When Wet." That was their third yeah. album. That album. Was, I think Aerosmith like, yeah. didn't break
0: till their third album too, and then they put "Dream On" out again as a single. Right. Because if I'm I mean, being yeah, I love Queen's first album, but there's no hit song on that. No, no, you know? I mean,
2: yeah. So I mean, they, if a if a record Prince, of he didn't have a hit
0: single out. for like Prince had "I Want to Be Your Lover" and "I Feel for You" off the second album, but he didn't have like monster hit songs till like his his fourth fourth album.
2: Yeah. And I don't know that, why. I mean, you, you, I think a lot of it has to do with the record labels don't have a vision anymore. They want, they want a product that is a guarantee or almost a guarantee. They, okay. Yeah, that, that goes, goes back to the money. influencer thing. Yeah. They, want, they want you to make money for them instantly. instantly. I mean, instantly. Capital Records yes. signed an AI program to a record deal like two months ago. It was a, it well,
0: was like, I AI program needs a band, you know, oh, okay. no, AI program. If you're out there, you need a bass player. I'll ditch this fool. <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, I, you, you know, <laughs> but,
2: but it was like, how does Capitol records have this iconic building in California and sign these iconic artists and then end up signing an AI program that they had to drop because of the racial stereotypes of the rapper? Like, how does, how does they how do they fall so down? After being so iconic and having a vision for so long, Wait,
0: did they drop? You said they dropped the AI program.
2: Yeah, because they had racial stereotypes. I don't read. This is why I don't read the news. No, <laughs> oh, no, it's I'm yeah, like, this, I, I had to read the article. I had to read the article like three or four times. I thought it was like the Onion. I'm like, is this serious? Did the, did the program come out and
0: apologize for their insensitive? <laughs> I'm sorry for. I'm sorry for. For I if, will learn from this. I will be. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Look, it was, it was, it's just, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, you know, uh, it's, it's like, goes back to it. It's like, they just, they, d- I, I think the music business, I think the, I think the music parts all in lowercase letters and the business is all in caps right now. Yeah. You know, the business, there's never been a more of an emphasis on the, the business side of the music business. Than ever before, like I think they, like I said, I think because the like the revenue, like, you know, they're doing three sixty deals. A lot of these with the big artists, the major labels, where they want to own everything, because they're just trying to get the money. It's really not. I think it's because there's less money. Yes, you know, like and, and like, do you think the fact that like Spotify? the fact that like musicians don't really make anything off there even if you make even if your songs get like millions and streams like you're not really getting like Dude. do you, think that, do, you that, do you think that has something to do with why they maybe aren't taking chances as much that why they need to feel like you need to have money do you, like do you think that has to like, you have they, they want to the following there. and they want to see that evil following in tons of streams before they decide to put a rocket ship behind you
2: well, here's, here's why I push back against that idea. I go to a lot of rock concerts, and a lot of the rock concerts are of bands that don't fit into an algorithm, right? Uh-huh. And the, for the most part, shows are packed. So, where are these people finding this music? It's not through an algorithm, right? You're not finding Butch Walker through an algorithm, you're not finding Joyous Wolf through an algorithm, you're not finding Judas Priest through an algorithm. Right? You're not you're not you're not finding those bands because of that. They, they, those bands don't fit into the earworm algorithms that all these record labels want. Yet they have a following. So if if a band or obviously, you know, we have legacy artists like Priest and Maiden and those big ones that By the and, way, how could
0: this Rob Halford sound on this tour?
2: He oh, sounds yeah.
0: amazing.
2: I think he sounds this is the best he sounded since he rejoined Judas Priest. Sound they did Beyond the Realms of Death. Hell yeah! Death, which I've I've never heard that live, and I like, I'm like, oh my god, they're playing Beyond the Realms of Death. I've never heard this live, so that was- I
0: want to see them because they're doing Riding on the Wind on this tour.
2: That's a- my. Yeah. Well, one Dude. thing that you notice about Halford, he sounds great, but years ago he would just casually walk on stage like he's shopping at like Walmart and just scream screaming for vengeance or these high pitch. And now, like, he's got to put his hand up on his thigh and just bring it from the diaphragm all the way. <laughs> Which is fine. He's in his 70s. It, it ain't easy like Rob Halford. But Dude, I was watching him. Still, the fact that he could still hit it is just like. Dude, he did Screaming for Vengeance. And you know, like, the range on that song.
0: Wait, he did that on this tour? <laughs> he did this on this tour. They brought it back for the, oh, hell yeah. I yeah. want to see. we only saw them one time. We saw them on when they did when they they did that when they did British Steel, start to finish. Okay, and that was good. But I think and as and it was great to see KK and Glenn Tipton because I was I think that was like the last tour they did. But you know what? I gotta be honest. Like I wish that they those guys were still on stage. But I think Rob Halford
2: singing and the set list are better right
1: now. Yeah, yeah. beyond
2: a doubt, they did Screaming for Vengeance. They did Steeler. They did Jawbreaker. Shut Devil's up. Child, I saw they're doing that on this tour, which I love. Devil's Child. I they didn't play that in Chicago, but I would love I love that song. I love it. Oh
0: yeah. my god. Well Scream for Vengeance is my favorite. That or that's my favorite Jesus Priest album. Seven oh, Defenders yeah. of the Faith. Oh, and mean- I love Defenders. I was watching I was watching a live video from the, the Defenders from Defenders tour last night. Uh, so I got really happy when you mentioned Priest. I love, I, abs- I love, 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 love that band. You know? and I love Maiden too. Oh my God, Maiden we were, we were great. actually, we were at one of the shows for Flight Six Six Six, the the one that they shot, the one with Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner from Jersey. Oh. Yeah, we were at that concert. Nice.
1: And, and you I swear, swear, you
2: see him headbanging in the video. I
0: swear, I, you could see the silhouette of us headbanging. I swear.
2: That's a great. I, <laughs> that's a great documentary. Maiden sounded great. They did. I mean. They did Flight of Icarus. They did um, Revelations. They did Aces High. They did Are they
0: still opening up the show with Aces High into Where Eagles Dare?
2: No, they they ended on with Aces High with the Churchill speech. But- <laughs> that is a badass. That guy his age is ending a set with Aces
0: High. Dude, I don't know, man. I thought it was crazier that he was opening his fucking show with Aces High into Where Eagles. Dare. As singers, and we did we grew up singing a lot of, learning to sing by singing a lot of that stuff. It's Ace is high is definitely one of the tougher maiden songs to sing and to open or close with that in your set is just the, the hardest part of a set is the opening and the closing of a set. Yeah, yeah. It, it's Just cause your voice is the w- coldest and, and then your voice is the most worn at the end. And that is just like, that is, he's a beast.
2: A guy. Well, you, you have, I, my nephews went to the Iron Maiden show with me and my son and I said, hey, when you hear um, Dr. Doctor, Doctor by UFO, that means, yeah. that well, means the show's that. about to start. They're like, what do you mean? I go, they're going to play a song called Dr. Doctor, Doctor. Everyone's going to get on their feet. No one's going to be on stage, but everyone's going to be cheering and just get ready. And they couldn't understand, like, what was going to happen. And, like, they were blown away. And plus, when you go to a Maiden show, and like kind of similar to what Metallica was seeing them last week, like Metallica opened up for Creeping with Creeping Death. That's a great opener. And you couldn't hear the song for the first minute cuz the crowd was so loud. <laughs> <laughs> like you just heard like this wave of <sighs> like like it was just insane. And then they ended with Hit the Lights, which <laughs> they haven't played in 20 years. So, oh, that's they, they, I, 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 Ride the Lightning is my, my favorite Metallica album. So uh, I They, love they did, they did uh, Ride the Lightning. They did For Whom the Bell Tolls. They did Fight Fire with Fire. They did um, uh, Fade to Black. They did Call Katula. Um, they did. I mean, they did Blitzkrieg for crying out loud. Like dude, was- those
0: guys are just they're just crushing it. You know these these guys are just you know
2: they're gonna be doing this till they're eighty. <laughs> well. Let's get into you guys, because we've talked enough about music. No, we're boring. Okay. <laughs> like, like uh, we're talking about all this stuff, and I'm like... Yeah, I was about to say, when you were doing the show your to talk intro, about new I was like, that's like, you named like
0: three or four bands that I was like, yeah, I want to talk about this. <laughs> Sorry, what was your question?
2: Well, let's talk about the new album. Um, yeah. The famous Moon City Masters released last week. Yeah. And, you know, it features some songs that were previous released, like Taking It Back and the song that I mentioned where you want to run to Uh, but you guys have kind of been recording music and putting out music here over the last few years. And it culminates with this full length album. What was the decision to kind of go with this instead of just releasing the singles kind of as you guys were. Uh, Well, you, you can go ahead if you want. You know, we just felt, we've
0: been writing a lot of music that we're really into lately And it feels like the music is heading in a different direction. We're entering a new stage as a band. And all of that music that we kind of we kind of the famous Moon City Masters is a better name for what it really is, the pandemic era, you know, and all of that music that we put out from Over Now to Trust Someone, the latest, the single, the one new song off of it it kind of represents an era for us, you know? And it just kind of felt like a good way to celebrate it and tie it in and get ready for what's next. I don't know, what, is there anything else I missed there? That, that's exactly, look, in the world, we put, out, we put them out as singles as we were deep in the lockdown. We recorded over now, like, the week before the lockdown happened. Actually, it was supposed to be. It was That was supposed to be a demo, but we liked it. Like I'm pretty now. sure I had COVID when I did the vocal for it. <laughs> yeah, but we, we, didn't know, know. we didn't know anything at that point, though. But we just really feel like this, and we had Trust Someone, we finished it, but we had a line around. We just feel like that, to trust someone, is an era. And if we were a band, and look, we did the singles because... You know, we were deep in the lockdown. We couldn't play shows. There's no other way to promote ourselves. And it's also more financially doable to put out singles. And there's just a, when you're a new band, it's a lot, you, you get a lot more, it's a lot easier to get people to discover you. It's because it's become posting a song as like a social media post now. You bring in new people. So, but I think we look at all that music as it, a lot of it was written in groups of like four or five together. And it felt like an album. Mm-hmm. you know it feels like an album I feel like it tells a story and we're writing a lot of new music that obviously it still sounds like us but it feels like we're going we're evolving and go- getting better and we're like and it's like this is a celebration let's put it out because this music to us is meant to be listened together in a group yeah. now we have our EP The Adventures of the Moon City Masters that's an era this is another era where I feel like we're coming more into our own and this next era is that which I don't know when we're going to put out music, but we're going to start recording a lot of music. And once we're back from tour and after the holidays are over, it just feels like we're just. It just felt like that we're put. This is a we're putting a bow on this. Let's celebrate it. We're so proud of this music, and we want people to hear it in how we would imagine it as an album and not just as singles.
2: Yeah, I just had the band GA Twenty on New Music Spotlight. The, uh, the episode that kind of precedes your, your episode. And I was talking to the guitar player, Matt Stubbs, and that album, Crackdown, which was just released earlier this year, went to number one on the Billboard Blues charts. But that album was recorded in 2020. They sat on it through the whole pandemic. Yeah. And I'll ask the same question I asked him, is when you're making music like that and you put out an album like you guys just did last week, how do you stay connected with the music as you keep creating music, right? I mean, you guys are songwriters, you guys are musicians, you're constantly creating. I mean, that's your that's your your lifeline is creating. So when you have songs that you put on an album, and you're writing songs and you're sitting on it for a while because of the pandemic because you don't really know what to do at that point. And then it finally comes out. You've known these songs, you've gotten to know these songs for so long. But you're also on to new things that you're writing, right? I mean you're you're looking forward to that next evolution like you guys talked about. So how do you stay with those songs during that during a situation like that?
0: You know, everyone's different, but I think that we just and obviously we're like, I'm like anyone else. The newest thing is I always was gonna think is our best thing, you know? But like I'm just really proud of it all. I really, city, I don't really struggle with that. Like I, like I used to, before we were the moon city masters, like, okay. Like this band was, was we, we've been in every, we've been in a bunch of bands together and they were always with us with one or two other guys. And it was always us trying to, you know, we would work with people that like, Oh, we were, we, we you know, when we were younger, it's like we need to make something that we could still feel like ourselves with, but would be a, a commercial for people. Okay, fuck that. Let's become a. Let's just not care about that and be a prog band. Okay, this is the Moon City Masters was just like, dude, let's just be well, the-, the prog. And then the, after the prog band, that was our last band. We were like, okay, we still care about like songwriting sensibility. So that was the other, and we felt we were just compromising with other members. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. We always felt like we were compromising our vision. We always felt like we were trying to please. A producer, another band member, a this, a that, you know? And the Moon City Masters was just kind of like, F it. Well, can I curse? Fuck it. I'm just going to do it. "Eh, Fuck it, you know? We're just going to be ourselves. Let's just be the band that... We that I'm, I need th- this and this, like, like Loons, the Moon City Masters was like, let's just be the band that I want to hear, that we want to hear, that we can't find. No matter how dig, how much we dig through a record collection, a YouTube, Spotify, let's just be that band. So I always feel like there's just been a, like a 100% uncompromising honesty. I'm getting out what I need to get out in the moment that since we committed to that, that I don't. It's not really that hard for me to like, you know, yeah, I'm, like we put out I'm the really EP proud of everything we've done, you know. I'm not going to say that everything is perfect, but I'm proud of it, you know. Look, well, we put out our EP in late 2019, like right before the COVID lockdown, like a few months before like like December 2019 and you know, look, we would not write music like that now, but since we were being true to ourselves there and that was what we were where we were at. I can listen to it and just I still love it, you know, obviously, yeah, I think the whole goal is just be true to yourself in the moment, don't follow trends, and, you know, and yeah, I don't know, it's never a struggle, like, we still play, we play, we're, I hated, in our old bands, we would, we would record music, and I'd immediately not like it, yeah, I don't feel that, I don't feel that way with this band, uh, yeah, this is the first band we've ever had, and the only band we've ever had, that I'm just super proud of it. You know, and I probably maybe it sounds a little narcissistic. I just really like our yeah, music. I, I'm not, I'm not under any illusion that like we, I'm not going to say our music is going to be for everybody. Not, no, it everybody, but, but it, it, but, but I'm not writing it for everybody. I'm promoting it to get everybody to listen to it, but I'm writing it for me. You know, um, and he's writing and we're writing. We're yeah, creating, exactly. You, know? you got you to gotta please yourself. You can't write to please other people. You got to make you got to feel passionate about it, because if you're not passionate about what you're doing, you're just going to phone it in and you're not going to sell it to the. you're not going to promote it because it, you're not proud of it. We're so proud, it. Of, we're so proud of this music and everything we've done as the Moon City Masters that we have no problem getting on a podcast or anywhere strutting our stuff and trying to get people to listen to it.
2: Well, it's 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 worth listening to. I mean, the album is great. The music's great. I I I always appreciate the singer songwriter aspect of of music, right? You know, a good song, a good lyric, a good harmony. As much as I love hard rock and new rock, I I I love you know singer songwriters like Pete Yorn and you know Butch Walker and, and Ryan Adams and artists like that too as well. And I, I think there is an element of that in your music, too. You know, I think there is a connection that you guys are able to give your audience and fans with lyrics of personal stuff and the way you write and the way you, way you arrange the music and harmonize the music. It's a lot different than we talk about nostalgia, but it's a lot different than a lot of bands are out there right now. You know, there's not a lot of bands that can do the harmonies that you guys do. You know, there's just not. not, not not right now. I mean, back in the day there were, and that's why it kind of brings me back to those bands that were able to do that years ago.
0: Yeah, thank you. You know, it's that, like um, that band Larkin Poe, they're sisters, they're what's around called great, blood yeah. harmony. It's that blood harmony. It's that, you got two brothers, like, look, when you're twins, you learn to talk at the same time. We pronounce words the same way. So it gives you that advantage on the harmony thing. You know, you know I, I sometimes legit, like, when I listen back to like band practice or something, I'll be like, Oh wait, I thought that was me singing.
2: You
1: know,
0: <laughs> it's just,
2: it's,
0: you know, I, our dad and Kurt, we, you know, we were, when we were kids, like Jordan started singing first and our dad, we always wanted a front man and a singer. You cannot find him. Cause a lot of people don't try to sing like the way we want to, we want vocals to be like a lot of people aren't, weren't into that at the time. So we got into it and, You know, I just I think harmony is so important. I love a lot of the new rock bands out there, but I, you know, we try to not do what the mod like. I'm that we try to do a different production. We try to do a different. We're trying just to find our own way. You know, be ourselves. Like you know, and you know that's really it. Yeah. And uh, I agree. I think harmony is super important. It's our favorite thing. Well, we see- I, I, I love we harmony. funk. We love the Eagles. We love Deep Purple with Glenn Hughes and Coverdale. We love just big, epic harmonies. I we love Deep Purple Coverdale with Dylan, Houston, too. But we do. Oh, love that's that. my favorite. That's my favorite. That's my favorite era of Deep Purple. I love. Mar- I love Mark II as well. But that's my favorite era. You know what's better than one great singer? Two great singers. That's why I love David Coverdale and Glenn Hughes together.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but you talk about harmonies, you, know, you mentioned the Eagles, you mentioned, you know, that, that purple era, but even bands like Journey, bands like, oh, yeah, you know, Van Halen, everybody, yeah, oh, talks, yeah. about, everybody talks about Eddie, those harmonies in, in, in a Van Halen song are freaking incredible. Yeah, like women in love that stuff.
0: It's Eddie, like incredible. Dave, Mike backing up Dave, you know, or Sammy or Sammy. Yeah. That was, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Michael Anthony, you know, like Judgment Day, Michael Anthony, Sammy Hagar doing those crazy high notes. That's insane shit.
2: (laughs) I mean, you look at that band and they have like this unique big band meets the Beach Boys meets ZZ Top, which is essentially what Van Halen is. Oh, like oh, that, that's perfect. Yeah. And then you've got, got Bottoms Up, which essentially is Lagrange, <laughs> right? By ZZ Top.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, my you know. God. You know what's a great
0: song? I love Top Jimmy, that crazy guitar thing. And then the harmony. I love. Dude, Michael that- Anthony singing those, like that high harmony over like. Like, I, I don't know all the words.
2: <laughs> Top Jimmy for-
0: Oh, my God. There's just so many. Uh, yeah. But, but I think I definitely think there's a lot of great band. I think that's missing in a lot of, in a lot of new bands. And, I agree. you know, yeah, I think the whole band should sing. Like, you know, I, obviously some of the best musicians I know don't sing, but it's crazy to me. And I'm very it's crazy to me that, like, you could be playing an instrument your whole life and not ever try to sing like like what's the first, what's the first thing that you cared about when you listen to music? Definitely the freaking vocals It's the one thing you can be part of. It's the one thing that you can do before you know how to play an instrument is sing along to the freaking song. <laughs> you know? So I started off wanting to be a lead singer, became a bass player, immediately just wanted to stay in the back because I just loved playing bass so much. But thankfully our dad, which is like, dude, you're always, you guys are always going to be somebody else's band. If you don't take up the vocals so we did and thankfully he can do half the job for me yeah and i started <laughs> off because i was more awkward about singing i started off just doing the harmonies and then jordan's like why don't you okay you can be first? nice it's also because i had a teenage ego too you can yeah.
2: be all- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well you, you get know. to do solos man <laughs> that's a great song title, teenage ego teenage
0: ego i need a burrito there we go next moon city master sing
1: but i'm gonna do the least
2: if you can fit burrito in a song it's a great song
1: burrito burrito, burrito. my teenage ego can i get a
0: bag of fritos something to beat a See, this is why he's the lyricist. He's a better, he's a better rhymer than you Look, if any of your listeners steal, steal that piece of music from me. Well, we I will still have it. a
2: feeling we this episode is going to end up in litigation at some point. We are very, we, we are a very litigious band.
0: We will sue the school. We will sue the county. We will sue. Look, I, I wanted to, I won that $2 billion Powerball the other day, so I'm going to be throwing lawsuits at everyone. Look, Look, if Taylor wasn't such an idiot, we would have won the Powerball. He only bought ten tickets. The problem was, is that we. Jordan, I bought forty dollars of tickets. I was really planning on that. That was my whole my master plan. I did not win. I cried all night. It's okay. It's. <laughs> I'm past it now.
2: Well, I, I haven't played lotto stuff because I want to give other people a chance to win. Because I know the first time I play, I, I I'll win. So that's why I I I don't I don't play yet.
0: I'm not going to, if I ever win the lottery, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to show up with like a new vintage bass every time everybody sees me and just like not even say anything about it. Not going to say anything.
2: That'd be pretty <laughs> sweet. I was just at the Gibson Garage in Nashville. Oh, cool. And we got, we got access to the, to the vault. And I, I stood in front of two guitars that were worth over a million dollars a piece
0: oh my god we we opened up for Jared James Nichols the other week in, in, in New York and he like I've, I'm, I've been talking for like five minutes he doesn't know me at all I don't think he's even heard my music and he goes yo check this out and he hands me his 52 Les Paul I'm like Is that the gold top, oh. yeah. Gold top. The one, yeah the one that he yeah. like that was like destroyed in a tornado and that he I think he called it Dorothy it's like I'm like oh, hi thank you You know, he's like such an nice." <laughs> what another, he's just a badass and just oh, okay. such a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. But like, he's 52, he's like, yeah, I want to play it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <You did? laughs> of course I did. 52 Les Paul. And Jerry, Jerry James Nichols hands you a 52 Les Paul. You're going to play some Les, you're going to play the Les Paul. <laughs> I think I even played it. Yeah. And yeah. It, but I got to say, then he handed me his signature Epiphone and they were, they were pretty damn close. They were really good. Yeah, there was George another K. guitar the in the Toto vault. Was pretty close.
2: There was huh? there was another guitar in the vault. It was a gold top that was worth about half a million dollars. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, and they're like... behind like this glass, you know, thing, and you're just like, I got five of those in my closet. Yeah, and then he, they've got they've got Keith Richards like original orange amp, like in the corner, you That's know, awesome. and you're just looking at it like, dude, what what songs did he write through this? You know, like what did, oh he, what did he write through this? It's just, just an amazing. I, I love stuff like that. And my first question is, how the hell does a guitar get to be worth that much? Um, someone
0: bought it. So,
2: <laughs>
0: someone bought it for that, and now it's a, worth. That. A, a surplus of wealthy lawyers in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, what's next for you guys? Well, well, we got a show tonight at Rockwood Music Hall. I guess it'll be passed by the time this airs November 11th. We're playing tonight with a really cool. An opening for us is a cool band from Philadelphia named Frankfurt Fittler, and then um, like a power trio too, duo power trio like us. And then after that, we're from we're leaving November 22nd to go to Europe to tour for three and a half weeks. We're in Europe. We're Spain, France, uh, Austria, so, um, Uh...
2: Germany.
0: That's fun. I, uh, Italy, um, every everywhere except the UK. And, yeah, everywhere except the UK. But we're going. That's that's what we're doing for three and a half weeks. Then we're gonna do Christmas and re- and 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 get take a big nap and then and then we're gonna start writing and recording for twenty for new songs, maybe an album or an EP, and to start we're gonna record in twenty twenty three, maybe shop it around for a label but maybe put it out independently and we got a lot of cool stuff. We're talking about maybe doing a live EP in between releases, doing a live thing in between albums in 2023. We're scheming, got a lot of but sh- already got some shows booked and just trying to make it, trying to have a strong end of the year and make next year even better.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: Yep. Everyone I've talked to who's been to Europe and who's done that run that you guys are going to do. Spain loves rock music. Austria yeah. loves rock music. I mean, the promoters out there are just great. So, you guys should have a good time. Yeah. We,
0: you know, we found a great booking, a little booking agency called Trace Ombres. And um, yeah, they, okay. I think they were called stairs like, then. Yeah. Cold Stairs, Zach Person. Um, damn truth you ever heard of damn truth oh i love the damn truth from K. Damn truth is. Is so they, they, they were the f- uh first rock band other than us that i found on tiktok and i was like whoa these, what a singer yeah they're yeah and i think the guitar player are, are married and they're just they are just in, and they bring their kid on oh, they are just badasses she is in a she's a hell of a singer oh they're and, great uh, oh my god and uh so they they work with them and wh- they found us at the hi- like during the pandemic. we signed on to do this tour then March we are getting ready to go on tour Omicron's a thing you know we, we had to postpone it but now we're doing it and we are just so freaking pumped
2: I didn't hear Chicago in there so I'm just kind of wondering like what the hell are you in Chicago <laughs> yeah tell us who to play with there we'll reach out to them we'll, we would love to come to
0: Chicago yeah, we have family in Chicago too, so extra. Right. Yeah. yeah, give us some bands to reach out to that can would do a bill with us there. We would love to do the trip. Our bands, bands! If you are listening, anyone in a band, I are the guy, the guys that we're playing with tonight, literally popped up in an ad. Promote your stuff and send me your stuff. I we want to play with you. I we we listen to everything.
2: You guys can do. I know a couple bands that you guys can do a Wisconsin Chicago run. Hell yeah! We love Milwaukee and Chicago and Madison. We would love to do that. We did Summerfest
0: the summer before this one, and we, we had a blast. So we're tr- hopefully maybe we'll come back that th- next this summer there. Hopefully, and we'd love to do a run of the Midwest. We we'd love to. Midwest loves rock music. We <laughs> do. They do. <laughs> they do. We love New York, but yeah, New York's been good to us. But they're not. It's not the most rock and roll town or city.
2: Yep. <laughs> Yeah, no, I will uh, I'll I'll think of some bands. I know there's a there's a couple off the top of my head that I think you guys would work well with. Cool um, But yeah, know, Wisconsin, you got like Indianapolis, Milwaukee, Chicago, Madison, you've got like, St. Louis. We would um, love to we would love to Detroit, hear that. Detroit's a big rock city. Uh, I've heard that Well, hence the name, right? <laughs> yeah. I, don't,
0: I, don't, I don't get it. What, I did it?
2: so accidentally too. That I did not do that on purpose. By the you
0: know, way, it's a, you know it's a, you know it's a, you know it's great. I love that the, the, that kiss movie, *Detroit Rock City*. Yeah. What was it? K- *Kiss* means for nights in Satan something. I don't. know. It was amazing.
2: Nights in service of Satan.
0: Nights in service. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Okay. That was okay. a big okay. thing. Yeah.
0: Oh my great. god. I w- I you know what? I would love I'm a time. Peter i would love a time machine just to go back when people thought rock was satanic or just thought satanic with things were such a threat. it's hilarious I, know. I feel like it's it sounds funnier than it probably was to be yeah
2: cool. it was probably terrible but it's hilarious there was wasp remember the band wasp they were yeah they were we are sexual perverts. i
1: wanna be somebody <laughs> you know we, what's we funny. are sexual
2: perverts i
0: and it's what's hilarious about that because they have a song fuck like the beast i think blackie lawless is like a born again christian
2: isn't he He is, and he's touring again the states for the first time in over ten years. Wasp is touring with Armored Saint. Dude, I would go see Wasp. That'd be fun. I saw he's doing doing Animal Fuck like the Beast. Yeah, (laughs) so (laughs) he's a badass man. (laughs) He's like six foot six too. He's like, is he really? Yeah, yeah, he's a goddamn. Yeah, he's a big dude. And Chris Holmes, the guitar player, was like six seven. They were, they were, they were large and in charge back in the day.
0: God damn, man. I yeah. it, Well, you know, now they're older, so maybe they're like all six four, six five. Yeah, like
2: yeah, like what do they call it? Uh um Oh God, were you shrink? Like oh, I can't think of the name of the, the condition.
1: Shrinkage. <laughs> shrink. That's fine. <laughs> <dynamo. laughs> I was in the pool! <laughs> um
2: well, no, yeah. So let me, yeah, I'll think of some bands in, in this area that are yeah, but, uh, um, definitely ripe for playing in Chicago. I
0: want to revise it. Even if you're not in a band, if you're a fan and you know a band, you uh, send it to us. I, I, we always want to hear what's. If right. you DM us on Instagram, we see everything. So yeah, we, you know, we, I want to hear what you guys are listening to, man. I want to, I want to hear what's out there.
2: Well, you heard it here, folks. So send them info. Um, but it's been a uh, it's been a blast talking with you guys and getting to know you guys.
1: this this
2: conversation was nothing like i had planned but that's awesome that's great (laughs) see you're dealing with twins not in the same house because we're on zoom and
0: very add so it's gonna go wherever it goes
2: (laughs) and that's fine no that was great this was a great conversation i i I love it when it kind of takes on a life of uh of its own i think that's uh That's that's what makes conversation. I I don't like a formulated conversation. I like a natural conversation. So this. Yeah, me
0: too. You ever see those Larry King interviews where he's clearly reading a list of questions as he's doing the interview?
2: (laughs) I mean, I talk to other podcasters. They're like, you mean, you mean you don't prepare any questions before a show? I'm like, no, I don't. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, I just go with wherever the conversation goes. It's
0: kind of like me at a Taylor's wedding. Uh, you know, I, I had well, I had some notes, but then I went up and cut a Dusty Roads promo instead. It was the very American Dream, baby. <laughs> well, you guys, this has been a lot of fun, man. Thank you very much. Hey, Thank you so much. We'd love to come back
2: sometime, and we'll we'll go according to plan next time. <laughs> no, man, no, absolutely. Just, we'll do it the same way. We'll, we we don't know what we're going to talk about, but we're going to talk, and it's going to be a blast. You, I can assure you one thing: we can talk. <laughs> The band is Moon City Masters. You can check out mooncitymasters.com. You can have links to all their social media on Facebook and Instagram, as well as Twitter. You can check out their new album on all the streaming sites, uh, the famous Moon City Masters. Can we get a physical copy of this album? Hell yeah. Awesome. awesome. Go to our Shopify. Yeah, we got it. We got to be sending you one, too. No, dude, I will will gladly purchase the... uh, the album i i i uh i love i love that feeling of getting a vinyl or a cd in you know, uh, in the there's
0: they're selling it's crazy i was not expecting that but they we're selling them pretty consistently right now you know so cds are alive and kicking we want to do vinyl eventually but just the whole supply chain thing it takes so long to get it that we'll eventually do it but i don't, I don't want to do like a pre-sale thing and have people waiting around for six months for for vinyl
2: you know Yeah, I have a couple vinyls that I have on pre-order that I'm still waiting. Uh, There was one album I finally got earlier this year. I waited ten months because of the vinyl shortage. Yeah,
0: we were looking into that. They said it would be at least a year, and we're just like,
2: but then I but then I order a pre-order of the band Lucifer from like Sweden. They're this heavy metal band from Sweden, and I get that like in like four days. I'm like, how did I get an album from Sweden in four days? When I'm, I'm still waiting for bands that are here in the States, I'm like, I don't get it, but whatever, you know, they, they got to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Taylor, Jordan, this has been a blast, man. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks you for having so. us. Have a great right, rest check out day. their music. Check out uh, Moon City Masters, a great band. You will thoroughly enjoy them and uh if you're listening in you're in europe and you're in spain france italy austria heck if you're in iceland and you can make it down do it they will be playing and you will enjoy it so uh thanks to jordan and taylor i'm jay scott this is the hook rocks the ultimate rock community podcast take care of each other stay safe we will talk soon thanks